Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. I'm here with my uh, boyfriend. <laughs> You're trying to think of something funny, right? Uh, yeah, but there's nothing. <laughs> there's nothing. It's early. There's nothing fun or funny about this relationship. Uh-uh. But if there's one thing I can say about Zach is that he definitely abuses me less than Shia LaBeouf <laughs> abused FKA Twigs. Well, we're still early on, you know, in the relationship. Give me time. Yeah, give me Anything time. Anything LaBeouf can do, I can do better. <sighs> well, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you begged to be on this episode because you have always hated Shia LaBeouf. Always. And... Uh, I think we all should have always hated him because, as I've discovered, he's been a piece of shit for 15 years now. Yeah, I remember this was like a decade or so ago. I don't know. It was a long time ago. And I uh, posted there was some movie out with him and he was just everywhere for whatever reason. And I was like, enough LaBeouf. <laughs> I hate this guy. Like, name one movie he's been in that's good. Like, he's he's not a good actor, whatever. I went off, and uh, a bunch of people were, like, just naming all these shitty movies. I was like, and if they weren't shitty movies, it was a movie where he was, like, a very minor supporting role. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, my buddy, his, his actual name is Rad. Uh-huh. And he was, like, he just started posting, like, all these Shia LaBeouf, like memes and gifts just to fuck with me at that yeah. point because he knew I hated him. But um yeah, he's not one of those people that like I'm like, okay, maybe I just have this unreasonable hatred for no reason. And like like I was talking about it recently, how I've I've turned a corner on Pattinson. I think yeah because you see Twilight at first, if that's your first introduction to him, you're just like, who's this? guy i don't know whatever reason that didn't like him and then and then you see a movie like the lighthouse or good time and and then now i'm like actually jazzed for the batman with him i'm like all right he's kind of the shit you know what i mean yeah doing a bad movie doesn't make someone no a piece of shit because i here at sex drugs and spirituality we fully support people chasing their bag uh i also have a stupid job that i do for money so right and it's that, weird. that wasn't why yeah. i think honestly it's just because robert pattinson is so good looking that it's you hate him as a guy i don't find him attractive at all i i, I you know he's I, no sam elliott let's just get that right, you know what i mean i think i told you when i saw twilight i saw it with joey was like oh yeah let's go see this movie and i was like Dude, this is a teen romance. This is right when it first came out. And we were in it. And Robert Pattinson doesn't come in until like a half hour in. And so when he comes in, every girl in the theater, and it's just me, Joey, and girls with their moms or girls with their friends, every girl goes nuts. And Joey's like, what the fuck? I was like, dude, I told you. Like, this is, that's what this is. Yeah. So it was, I think, just maybe like a jealousy thing, you know? Yeah, this has turned into exactly what I knew this podcast would become, which is you you talking about dudes that get more pussy than you. Right. Um, Um, No, but uh, you know what? I didn't mean to, but it ties in because he dated FKA Twigs as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Didn't beat her. So. Okay. He tied. He tied it. We tied it back know. together. Yes. Robert Pattinson was with FKA Twigs for four years, and uh, Shia LaBeouf was her first relationship after that. Um, and the reason, by the way, this podcast is going up on a Thursday and not a Wednesday is that creating a comprehensive list of things that Shia LaBeouf did which were shitty was actually took a lot more work than I expected uh, because he has a long history of being a piece of shit and I file this category under fucking look at him and yeah. it's weird because so many chicks have hard-ons for him like friends of mine respected uh, podcasters and pseudo celebrities that will post about him and how hot he is and I never fucking saw it I think he's a gross dirty weirdo um and um and this isn't gonna slow him down well listen we'll get into why fka twigs went public with this uh but um so yeah i never understood people's attraction to him not my bag and when people are like oh he's an alcoholic abusive dirtbag i'm like yeah fucking look at him he has dirty fingernails if you're not an auto mechanic there's no reason for it to be black under your fingernails except for you're an addict piece of shit that all you do is chain smoke and yell at people um so that's my opinion on Shia LaBeouf is that are we surprised that he was abusive and the answer was no and I saw like Jackie Michelle Johnson's one of my favorite podcasters she does the Natch Butte podcast and she does a lot of the stern after shows she's pretty popular and she was a you know obsessed with him and then after these allegations came out was like I'm never posting about him again obviously I'm aware now of these allegations I'm like what about everything that happened in the past so what has happened in the past with Shia LaBeouf? Before you get fully into that, can I just say another reason that I hate him also is because so I'm on IMDb a lot. Yeah. And if you're scrolling through there, all it is, it's been for over, ever since Honey Boy's come out, uh-huh. it's still the same advertisement for Honey Boy. Yeah. Which is his movie that he made about his abusive childhood. It's, it's, I don't know what IMDb's relationship with him in this movie is, but it's, it's, I mean, I could show you right now. But anyway, it's, so that's the only movie I've ever just given or anything that I've just given a bad review without having seen it or tried yeah. it. But I was just like, one out of 10. <laughs> I saw it, I hated it. <laughs> I didn't even see it. But I mean, it can't be good. At least not as much as I hate him. I don't think I can. All right. Well, it's gotten good reviews. I haven't seen the movie. I'm probably not going to see the movie. Okay. We're seven minutes in. We'll get into Shia LaBeouf. All right. Apparently, fucking his dad is uh, an alcoholic, abusive criminal who was jailed from 1981 to 1983 for attempting to rape a minor. He fled the country in 2014 after... Um, violating his registration requirements as a convicted sex offender. Now, if we're doing a timeline, he fathered Shia after he was released from prison because Shia LaBeouf is currently 34 years old. So his dad is a fucking pedophile, drunk piece of shit who went to jail for it, got out, had a kid. I don't know the circumstances that led to him being a single dad, but apparently... 
His dad was a single dad. They lived in motel rooms together while he got his career off the ground. And that is what Honey Boy is based off of. And a lot of people heralded Honey Boy because apparently it's a good movie. And they saw it as shy as reckoning with his abusive past and part of his like redemption tour. Like, listen, I was a mess. Here's why. But I'm totally better now. Shia claims to be sober and in a 12-step program, but um, we have evidence uh, up until, like, recently in November that he is not sober. Um, Let's see. During Shia's childhood, his war veteran dad, because his dad was a Vietnam vet, we should also say. uh, During his childhood, his dad battled alcohol and heroin addiction and allegedly pulled a gun on him during a Vietnam flashback. So Shia, not a great childhood He said on the Today Show when he was 17 that um, he said, I seem to be safer in my life when I'm working. It just makes everything better because obviously it's if you're on set getting molested by Hollywood pedophiles, it's a break from having your dad pull guns on you. Yeah. Um, So that's exciting for him. Um, I'm not making light of those things. Don't leave me a negative iTunes review saying that I make light of abuse or trauma. Or do. I find it humorous. Stop. (laughs) I'm joking. Uh, So anyways, uh, in 2005, Shia ran into his neighbor's car um, because his neighbor was like blocking the garage to get into their building because he was talking to his girlfriend or something. And Shia like honked and the guy like waved at him and kept talking. And Shia was like, oh, I needed my building. So he just drove straight into his neighbor's car. And um, then later, like hours later, he appeared at that neighbor's door and attacked him with a knife. And there was a scuffle and Shia was arrested. So that was in 2005. Um, In 2007, he was arrested for trespassing after he refused to leave a Chicago Walgreens. Uh, In 2008, there was a car crash during the filming of Transformers. Uh, He wasn't charged as at fault in the accident, as it appeared the other driver ran a red light, but he was detained on suspicion of DUI. He refused field sobriety test, um, but no charges were pressed. His hand was shattered in that uh, accident, and they wrote his cast into the script so he could keep filming Transformers. What I love is that Shia hates Transformers, I guess he was in Transformers 1 and 2, and even in between those movies, he talked shit about them, and all of the articles about his abuse and bad behavior, they go, the Transformers actor, and I think yeah. it's a nice dig at him. <laughs> I, I like that, yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, guys, my voice is so blown out because I work at a bar, and I have to yell through my shift, and I now I have to yell even louder because it's through a mask. I just want to say that so far, all of these like his record it just reads like like a crazy homeless person you're like oh yeah they they had to remove him from a walgreens he pulled a knife on his neighbor it's yes like, it's just basically he's a crazy homeless man that hollywood keeps employing well and that's why i get mad about hollywood treating people because they make them a lot of money they treat mentally ill people like they like instead of getting them treatment they just keep parading them out and And, like, it's my feelings about Kanye West, who is severely mentally ill and should be going through whatever he's going through in private. But he's heralded as this genius artist, which I think is questionable. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, and in uh, LaBeouf's case, it's almost like he's not even – my thing 
is that he's just not talented well i don't think he's talented i think he's a big art poser and we'll get into his projects um which well (laughs) which a lot of his art is clearly plagiarized um oh the other hollywood person i think should they should um stop putting in the spotlight is angelina jolie who clearly has is mentally ill and is starving herself to death and we're just parading this cadaver around who and she's like oh i eat 600 calories a day in solidarity with these orphans i'm like bitch you have an eating disorder i see you you can afford inpatient treatment right get it um but she's kind of I feel like taking herself out of the spotlight a little bit. She has as of late. And I think yeah. that that's good. But like for like literally a decade, we watched this woman starve herself and say the craziest shit to the press. And I'm yeah. like, can we stop acting like this is normal? This is like, this is a ill person who needs yeah. treatment. Um, okay. Uh, so in 2013, Shia LaBeouf released a short film uh, called howardcantor.com and it basically was an exact ripoff of a Daniel Klaus is that you say how you yes. say it of a Daniel Klaus comic called Justin M Damiano um and and people immediately like called him out on it and were like uh yeah you this is stolen um, do you mean Daniel Klaus what did i say Justin, I thought. No. Oh, you're talking Daniel about Daniel Klaus is the comic. He had a comic, or a and by co- a, a, what do you call it? A graphic, comic graphic yeah. novelist, and he had a comic called Justin M. Damiano. Okay, maybe. So I, Daniel I, Klaus sorry. is the artist. The comic book or graphic novel is Justin M. Damiano, and Shia LaBeouf made a short film called HowardCantor.com, which was a direct ripoff of it, gotcha. and everybody's like. What the fuck? And Shia LaBeouf finally addressed it by saying, quote, in my excitement and naivete as an amateur filmmaker, I got lost in the creative process and neglected to follow proper accreditation, unquote, which is the most non-apology. And basically admitting usually when people get called out on plagiarism, they're like, no, like I didn't plagiarize that. If anything, it's just, you know, great minds think alike. And I. Or I don't even know who that is. They- yeah, they try to shuffle around it. But he did – this is what – early on when before Lady Gaga was big, 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 mm-hmm. Christina Aguilera really tried to rip her off, mm-hmm. like released the whole album and some music videos that were clearly – copies of lady gaga shtick uh-huh. and she claimed it was like a coincidence and it was just this collective unconscious because obviously like styles and trends merge but it was very clear and it was obvious that christina aguilera and or her people thought that uh lady gaga was like obscure and underground and nobody would note the similarities right. and it was before the days of like instagram and smartphones so like I feel like people got away with ripping off independent artists more yeah. when information was less accessible. I mean, you know, the fifth, even 50 years ago, mm. people made the whole careers off of ripping off, you know, the classic mm. white artists ripping off black artists. And then you have yourself an Elvis. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really funny that he thought that Daniel Klaus, who is very successful and, like, perhaps maybe the most well-known graphic novelist, that he thought that he could rip off one of his books and no one would notice. Yeah. 
Like, it's fucking retarded. Yeah. Um, let's see. In 2013, he um, was, it was like a week or two into doing a Broadway play with Alec Baldwin and some other celebrities. Shia LaBeouf was fired and cut from the cast. Um, so that's 2013. He's getting fired from plays. Oh, because he scrapped with Alec Baldwin. Like, he actually had a fight with Alec Baldwin. Oh, that's smart. Dude, yeah. Who told him he could fight? Well, yeah, also, like, now that I think Alec Baldwin is, like, this big, tough guy, but Alec Baldwin is bigger than him and probably mean, well... I wouldn't fuck with him. He, I no, mean, if he's... there's any dude who, like, seems like, like, old man rage mm-hmm. is a real thing. Like, you don't fuck with... <laughs> I don't know. He's yeah. a man, and LaBeouf is a kid posing as... As, as a, a man. man. Yeah, Alec Baldwin would handle him, like... Very easily. Very yeah, easily. Yeah. Um, so in 2014, Shia LaBeouf claimed to be retiring from public life. He wore a paper bag on his head to the premiere of the movie Nymphomaniac. Um, and the bag said, I'm not famous anymore. And this is when he mounted his art project called I Am Sorry. And this art project was, I'm pretty sure, like a direct ripoff of Marina Abramovic because she had done her project called The Artist is Present where she sat in a gallery in New York and you would sit across the table from her. And like, there was no speaking aloud. You would just stare into each other's eyes. And it was a really, I think, overwhelming experience for a lot of people. A lot of people cried. They had reactions because it's just you're sitting in silence staring into someone's eyes. Sounds like it's just super pretentious and like it's not art really. Well, <laughs> but, yeah. but it, listen, but she's a famous yeah, yeah, artist yeah. with a you know a decades long career so the opportunity to sit in silence one on one with someone sure. whose work you admire I, is different it's not a, it's not a nobody you I know what think, i mean no i understand yeah i think that might be the same woman documentary now did um was there a documentary yeah about because they her? did yeah, a yeah. documentary about that project it's pretty funny they have uh who's her face oh my god um I want to say Kate Blanchett. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. But they do a parody of that undocumentary. Yeah, now. I'm not a big performance art fan, mm-hmm. but um, I did like the documentary about that art project. I liked where there was a scene where David Blaine tries to like convince her to involve magic in this project. Yeah. He's like, listen, we can do these magic tricks in your project. And, <laughs> and her people are like, no, stop. Don't get involved with Blaine. Um, well, he was trying to hijack her thing to make it his thing, yeah. basically. Yeah, and he's, I would say what he does is more performance art than anything else as well. Mm-hmm. He's more performance artist than uh, magician. You don't believe in magic? <sighs> That's not what he does. <laughs> I'm joking. Um, so anyways, his Shia LaBeouf's project, I Am Sorry, what he did was he sat in a gallery with this bag over his head, I believe, and invited people to do whatever they wanted to him. And there were props. And so they could like whip him or whatever. Because I think what he was trying to do was make an artistic project out of the um basically he's like oh my god everybody hates me because i'm a i stole this fucking project so i'm gonna make my like self-flagellation a 
art project. Right. Every th- one of those people, and I say this as someone who went to art school, he's one of those people who's like, let's make everything art. Life right. is art. And so, like, he basically was wounded at being called out as a thief and decided to do this about it and be like, oh, everyone hates me. I'm going to make an art project of, like, them expressing their hate for me. So, anyways, he claims that during the mounting of this art project that he was raped by someone. And the his collaborators on the project who were monitoring said they saw what was going to happen and they broke it up before he was actually sexually assaulted. Um... Whatever. I mean, I'm like, you're not fucking Marina Abramovic. You don't have, like, the art education to be doing the things that you're doing. And I I don't mean to say that as, like, oh, there's gatekeeping in the art world. But, like, abstract artists, artists started out working in realism. And you evolve and develop, you know, when I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to know the rules before breaking them. And he's just this guy who's like, oh, I'm going to sit in a, with a bag on my head. Yeah. That's art. Yeah. Um, Anyways, in 2014, he was banned from an L.A. restaurant for peeing on a wall because apparently he was like acting weird and just yeah, (laughs) he was acting weird and disruptive and pacing in and out of the restaurant, doing more homeless guy things. Oh, baby, it gets worse because you want to know what he did after that. What? In 2014, he chased a homeless man. Okay, first of all, all this is the, my turf. All of the articles referred to this person as a homeless man, and I looked at pictures of the incident, and this man does not look homeless to me. He looks like a black dude with dreadlocks. Like his clothes don't look dirty, and this goes back to my saying about how I worked with someone who was like super woke and everything he said, and then a black dude with dreadlocks walked into the cafe, and he goes, "Oh, hey man, you want some water?" Because he assumed he was homeless, <laughs> and I'm like, "Uh, yeah, this dude's not homeless. He's just black and has dreadlocks." Yeah. Like, but um, so all of these articles are like, he Shia LaBeouf chased a homeless man, and I'm looking at the pictures and being like. Are these journalists racist? Because this dude does not look homeless to me. But anyways. I just like it because it makes Shia look worse. But. It does make, <laughs> yeah, it does make Shia look worse, but I can't, I just right, can't believe, right. like, that this dude is homeless. So, okay, in 2014, he chased a homeless man through Times Square trying to get his McDonald's bag. <laughs> and I looked at the pictures, and I'm like, I think this bag had drugs in it or something maybe this dude was a dealer maybe shia did the thing where you pay the dealer and then you go around the corner and you get the drugs because in case you guys don't notice or know this when you buy drugs if you if your dealer's smart they don't hand you, you they don't handle the money and the product because right. that's how if We've all watched The Wire. Yes. That's how you get a charge is you're caught with the product and the money. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes, and I know this also as someone who works in restaurants, is that you'll hand the dealer the money and then you'll walk past them into a restaurant where they've put the drugs in the toilet tank. Yeah. Um, Because part of our bathroom checks at Starbucks is we have to lift the back of the lid to check for drugs because people fucking put, they tape drugs to the whatever yeah but i thought maybe you might relate to this one or relate to shia on this one because maybe the guy had some underground like happy meal toys like you know how you're collecting all the disney toys i would chase someone through Times square for those toys homeless or not well no i'm kidding i bought the ones i'm missing on ebay um (laughs) so so yeah i 
He chases a home, a quote unquote homeless man through Times Square trying to get his McDonald's bag. I think this had to do with drugs. Mm. I think this was a drug handoff. So I think maybe Shia handed someone the money and went around the corner to grab. I like. I think they probably put the product in a McDonald's bag by a trash can and so everyone's just gonna walk past it thinking it's trash and then i think that the someone else saw what was up and grabbed the stash that's what i think was happening and honestly that's like best case scenario like worst case he's just doing this for no reason well yeah (laughs) which he is crazy so maybe it was for no reason the most logical thing i can think of is it was an intercepted drug deal okay so after he chases this uh man through Times square uh trying to get his mcdonald's bag Shia goes in to see a performance of Cabaret, which happens to be my favorite music uh, musical. And this was the production where Alan Cumming had rejoined the cast. And I think when it opened, the opening Sally Bowles was Michelle Williams. And then they um, switched to Emma Stone. Both actresses did a great job. I have watched both of them in their entirety on YouTube because I am super cool. Uh, so anyways, this performance had Alan Cumming and Michelle Williams in it. And during the performance of Cabaret, Shia LaBeouf uh, smoked a joint in the theater. Um, and then Alan Cumming, because he plays the MC and he like comes out and dances like sexy down the aisles. Uh, Shia LaBeouf slapped Alan Cumming on the butt. Uh, he cat called the Kit Kat Club Girls, which is the chorus of the show. Um, and then he fell out of his chair during Michelle Williams' performance of I Don't Care, which is like a very dramatic moment in the show where it's like the whole stage is dark. There's a spotlight on her. It's kind of a, I don't know, a, a ballad of resignation. And uh, you got Shia LaBeouf just fucking falling out of his chair in the audience. Now I like him. Well, <laughs> he was removed by staff at intermission. And once in custody, he shouted, fuck you at the cops, and he spat at them. Um, And apparently Alan Cumming was like, yeah, something you never expect to hear is you get your curtain call like five minutes, whatever. And Shia LaBeouf has been removed by police. Because they (laughs) wanted to let the cast know, like, listen, when you go back on stage, there's going to be less drama. Um, and so, yeah, when he's arrested, he's, and he's spitting at cops, he's yelling, this is fucking bullshit. Do you know my life? Do you know who the fuck I am? Do you know who I am? Uh, which is hilarious. He, uh, spent the night in a holding cell. Um, in 2015, he got into a physical fight with his then girlfriend, Mia Goth, who was seen with a black eye the next day. And apparently he was like yelling at her like, I don't want to fucking get physical with you. This is what makes men mad, whatever. And then eventually he ran away and jumped in a cab and the fight took place, I believe in London. And he, he tried to get the cab driver to move in with him in LA. <laughs> like he was like, listen, man, you just saved my life. You saved my life tonight. Like, Cause I, like I was going to hit her. You saved my life, you know, fly to LA. I'll pick you up personally at the airport. You can live with me. I I literally had my cab driver move in with, was a roommate of mine. Wait, what? Well, I met him as a, a cab driver, but then we had a lot in common. And so he was just always rather than just calling a random cab, Mm -hmm. I would call him personally or text him and he would always drive me. And then, he ended up moving in with me, my buddy Ryan. Um, <laughs> Not the Ryan you met, but different. different one. Yeah, yeah. That's really funny. That's my friend Chris. Stif- 
I was supposed to say his last name. My friend, uh, Chris, he moved to Arizona and didn't know anybody. And he had a cab driver and was just kind of asking her. And he's like a middle-aged dude, maybe a little older than middle-aged, not to be shady. But he... Mia Goth and Robert Pattinson. Go ahead. Stop it. Okay. So apparently Mia Goth also dated Robert Pattinson. For those of you who aren't watching the video feed, which is everyone because we don't have one. So Chris moves to Phoenix and he is talking to a cab driver and he's like, where do you buy pot in Arizona? Like, because he's an he's an old hippie pothead. And the cab driver who barely speaks English is like, oh, yeah, I can sell you pot. So he starts buying pot and tamales from her. And so it becomes like a similar situation where he just has her personal number and he calls her for cab services, marijuana and tamales. And he's like, yeah, sometimes, you know, I just go hang out at her house. She'd have me over from for dinner. And One I'm, stop shop. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, God bless she Maria. Hair, does it all. <laughs> yeah. It's like literally, I was like, Maria is like a stone cold hustler. I fucking love this woman. I've never met. But uh, when Ryan would come out drinking with me at first, I was like, yes, my my buddy Ryan, my cab driver. He's like, hey, you don't have to tell everybody that. <laughs> I was like, you're good at it, though. I'm trying to get you business, baby. <laughs> Nothing wrong with driving a cab. Um, Can you please, while I talk, look up when Mia Goth and Robert Pattinson yes, dated? I so I can put it in the timeline. Okay, so in 2015, when he got in his physical fight with Mia Goth and he tried to shack up with his cab driver, um, he also was taken into custody in Austin, Texas for public intoxication and jaywalking in front of police. In 2017, video footage of Shia LaBeouf's arrest for drunkenness, disorderly conduct, and obstruction in Savannah, Georgia uh, surfaced and his behavior is less than cordial. While in custody at the police station, the actor can be seen and heard making racist remarks to a black police officer, implying that he would be going to hell because of his skin color. He goes on to accuse the cops of being a being racist and arresting him for being white. His tirade continues towards a white officer telling him that his wife looks at porn depicting black dick. Um, days after this expletive-filled racist mm-hmm. outburst, uh, Shia took to Twitter to apologize, saying, I am deeply ashamed of my behavior and make no excuses for it. He adds, my outright disrespect for authority is problematic, to say the least, and completely destructive, to say the worst. It is a new low. But, like, also, you didn't apologize for being a fucking racist and being like, oh, these cops arrested me because they're black, not because I... Or because they're black and I'm white, not because I'm a p- drunken piece of shit. And like, I love when like celebrities like um, Mel Gibson go on racist tirades and they're like, oh, well, you know, I was drunk. I'm like, right. I've been, I was a fucking drunk for years. I never called someone a racist slur because you do that sober. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> Fuck off. I'm going to domestically dispute you. Um, But you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, don't blame alcohol for your racist outburst. And also, if alcohol makes you a racist, if that were a true scenario, then you shouldn't drink. It's the same thing with the friend I had who pissed herself. Every time she drank, she would pass out and piss herself. And I'm like, 
drinking's just not for you at this point. You're destroying mattresses all over town. You're ruining mattresses. Just stop drinking. And so, like, if you were theoretically not a racist, but you became racist when you drank, don't drink. But also, that's not how that works. Uh, Real quick. uh, Yeah, I agree with all of that. Um, So I was looking up the Mia Goth, Robert Pattinson stuff, and it looks like they were just on a movie together, Mm. and they're not actually together, just to clear that up. But um, they probably slept together. No. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Uh, So I don't know who this Mia Goth person is, but I just – the fact that her last name is Goth (laughs) – just makes me not like her but uh assuming that's yeah she's like a a model actress just call me mia goth um yeah i don't know yeah but anyway yeah i don't know who she is i'm sure she's awesome um all right in august 2020 shia labeouf was arrested because he tries to steal a man's hat and i put a question mark after that in my notes because he literally like attacked a man and tried to steal his hat uh and that was in august this past august so, um, yeah, people who are like, oh, he had an incident and changed. Like, nope, we still were on 15 years of bad behavior. In September, there was a table read organized by Dane Cook. Uh, it was a table read of the Fast Times at Ridgemont High um, script, and it looked really fun. It had, um, who's the guy from Goodfellas? Ray Liotta. Yeah. It had Dane Cook, Ray Liotta, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, Sean Penn, bunch of other people and Shia LaBeouf uh read the part of Spicoli um and now Sean Penn was there well Sean Penn I think played one of the adults okay um and in this table read Shia looks crazy he's like filming it from like everyone else is like sitting at a desk in their office in their Hollywood homes yeah Shia's, like, in a car in a garage, and he's smoking a joint, and his fingernails are dirty. They look like hobo hands. And he's, like, in and out of this car. He's acting erratic and, like, crazy to the point where I would love to watch this because I think it would be fun. And also, while looking it up, I realized that Brad Pitt is finally old enough that I can admit that he's an attractive person. Yeah. I've never seen it. I've never seen it before. I've never understood it. But now that he's in his fifties, I will. <laughs> I will acknowledge that Brad Pitt is a good-looking man. And um, but yeah, Shia LaBeouf is acting fucking crazy. And you can look up on YouTube just you know Fast Times Shia LaBeouf. Someone made a cut of all of his like scenes, and he is insane. So all of that to lead up to. <sighs> What are we? We're 35 minutes in. Uh, the filing that FKA Twigs made against Shia LaBeouf. Um, and apparently, like, she wanted to resolve this privately on the condition that Shia would agree to receive, quote, meaningful and consistent psychological treatment. So, like, basically, her attorneys were like, let's do this in civil court. Like, if you. Um, do inpatient treatment and donate to this domestic violence charity. Like we won't file charges because she was still trying to be nice to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he and said, he's like, fuck you. Give me your chicken McNuggets yeah. and your hat for real. <laughs> like what the fuck? 
Put the fries and the McNuggets in the hat. Give them to me. Yeah, it's some next level junk. It reminds me of the girl at my bar who like lost her phone and was like, where the fuck is my phone? Someone with dark nipples stole my phone. (laughs) And then she like looks at me and you guys like picture a homeless Rosie Perez is what this woman looks like. And she's like, she, she like zeroes in on me and she's like, you did you take my phone? And I was like, no. And she goes, I didn't think so. You don't have dark nipples. Someone with dark nipples stole my phone. Like, just insane. Like, insane. Like, but hilarious. Well, and hilarious in retrospect. In the moment, I thought this lady was going to jump the bar and, like, attack yeah. me. Um, and then it turns out that a young Hispanic guy had, in fact, stolen her phone and his nipples were in fact dark so she knew yeah um anyways <laughs> so this um court filing uh came and sh- uh, fka twigs r- did like an instagram post because uh, the articles broke about it and the caption on her instagram post was it may be surprising to you to learn that i was emotionally and physically i was in an emotionally and physically abusive relationship It was hard for me to process, too. During and after, I never thought something like this would happen to me, which is why I've decided it's important for me to talk about it to try and help people understand that when you are under the coercive control of an abuser or an intimate partner, violent relationship doesn't – leaving doesn't feel like a safe or achievable option. I hope that by sharing my experience, I can truly help others feel like they are not alone and shed some light on how those who are worried someone they care about maybe in an abusive relationship can help because I understand it can be confusing and hard to know what to do. It is very difficult to read out loud when... Oh, sorry, my mic's spinning. It's very difficult to read out loud people's writing who don't use capitalization or punctuation, and I'm not trying to come for her. I'm just saying now that I'm reading this statement out loud, it's difficult because there are no periods. (laughs) Um, or yeah, ca- that will make a difference. Yeah, if, yeah. It's, if it's incorrectly written, you're you're just reading it the way that it's written. Yeah, yeah. The statistics on domestically, oh, this is she continues to say the statistics on domestically abusive and intimate partner violence relationships are shocking. And during COVID, I have been really anxious because I know many victims will have been literally trapped with their abusers with no relief or way to get out. My second worst nightmare is being forced to share with the world that I am a survivor of domestic violence. My worst nightmare is not telling anyone and knowing that I could have helped even just one person by sharing my story. (sighs) Are you ready to read the court statement, the court document? Because it is horrific. I just, do they have any uh, uh, court, you know, the court drawings that they do? Well, they haven't gone to court yet. <laughs> but I No, e- I know. I'm joking. But I eagerly yeah, I wait. fucking love those. Oh, me too. Oh. Um, and we should say that um, FKA Twig's legal name is Talia Barnett. And if I say that wrong, I apologize because I think I have always read it in my mind as Talia Barrett. And that's not what it is. It's Talia <laughs> Barnett. Or Talia Bartley. Yeah, whatever. Charles Barkley. Yeah. Um, we love him. Sometimes, sometimes when I'm really stressed, I just think about Charles Barkley and I smile. There almost needs to be like a, a what would Charles do like movement because he's just he handles everything. Oh, with grace. Yes. Um, so the filing in the state of California 
County of Los Angeles. Uh, it's Talia Barnett versus Shia LaBeouf. It is a complaint for five charges. One is sexual battery. Two is battery. Three is assault. Four is intentional infliction of emotional distress. And finally, number five, gross negligent. Um, okay. Here's going to be a lot of reading. I'm sorry. You have to listen to me. Okay. Number, because it's like numbered the way court filings are. Right. Uh, number one, Shia LaBeouf hurts women. He uses them. He abuses them both physically and mentally. He is dangerous. For too long, LaBeouf has sought to excuse his reprehensible actions as the eccentricities of a free-thinking, quote-unquote, artist. Even though his history of violent behavior was well-documented, many in the media have treated LaBeouf as a harmless figure of fun, which has helped enable him to perpetuate his cycle of abuse of women over the years. There is nothing funny about the exploitation of and battering of women. This action has been brought not for personal gain, but to set the record straight and to help ensure that no more women must undergo the abuse that Shia LaBeouf has inflicted on his prior romantic partners. The days in which LaBeouf can mistreat and harm women with impunity are over. Love it. We love to hear it. Mm -hmm. Number two, Talia Barnett, professionally known as FKA Twigs, is an internationally successful singer, songwriter, and actor. Talia was involved in a tumultuous relationship with LaBeouf shortly after they finished working on the motion picture Honey Boy. So his fucking redemption film is how he met his next victim. <laughs> after LaBeouf had employed a, quote, charm offensive on Talia, a tactic she now knows he used on other women, LaBeouf convinced her to move in with him. LaBeouf was engaging in grooming, gradually gaining Talia's trust and confidence with the intent of abusing her. So they're basically saying this abuse is premeditated, which is possibly true. What followed was a living nightmare for Talia. Over the course of months, LaBeouf engaged in a continuous stream of verbal and mental abuse towards Talia, belittling her and berating her after the slightest perceived insult by LaBeouf. LaBeouf isolated Talia from her friends and family, making it so her daily existence and routine revolved around LaBeouf and only LaBeouf. His verbal abuse ex escalated into physical abuse during which LaBeouf became increasingly violent towards Talia. On one horrific occasion around Valentine's Day 2019, LaBeouf forcibly slammed Talia against his car and then strangled her after she was trying to escape from one of his manic tirades. In fact, LaBeouf even admitted to another woman whom he was cheating on Talia with at the time that he had dragged Talia out of his car by her collar. LaBeouf kept Talia in a constant state of fear by openly storing live firearms throughout his home, including one in the bedroom he shared with Talia. Finally, and most dreadfully, LaBeouf knowingly transmitted a serious illness to Talia without ever informing her beforehand that he suffered from this dreadful malady. Talia has since learned that LaBeouf has infected other unsuspecting women with this disease. Um... So I think it's herpes yeah. because later on it says he was having an outbreak of this disease and used makeup to cover it up yeah. and continued to fuck her. So I think he gave her herpes. Um, okay. Although Talia suffered greatly and will bear the scars of LaBeouf's abuse for the rest of her day, she will not be labeled a victim. Uh, instead, Talia has triumphed over LaBeouf's abuse and stands ready to hold him accountable for his action, together with Carolyn Fowl, another survivor of LaBeouf's abuse. And that was his girlfriend in, like, 2010-11, who he also was terrible to. Um, so, together with Carolyn Fowl, 
Uh, Talia sought to avoid this action by requesting LaBeouf voluntarily seek mental health and substance abuse treatment he desperately needs, blah, blah, blah. And that was the whole thing where, like, if you go to therapy and donate to a women's shelter, we won't charge your ass. But he didn't do it, so here we are. Um, Let's see. Uh, In response to this peaceful overture, LaBeouf played games and downplayed the seriousness of the situation. LaBeouf's attorney cruelly dismissed the sexually transmitted disease LaBeouf had infected Talia with as, quote, not that bad, unquote. (laughs) LaBeouf attempted to dissuade Carolyn from allying with Talia by sending Carolyn an unsolicited email in which he falsely disparaged Talia. Um... LaBeouf also threatened Talia, claiming he was in possession of personal text messages and other information that he could use to embarrass her. Um, In this effort to intimidate Talia, LaBeouf engaged Talia's former assistant, Noelle O'Reilly, who we'll get into in a minute, who also is a piece of shit, um, into improperly providing him with private confidential information. So basically, he, like, got her personal assistant to, like, try to side with him. Right. (sighs) <sighs> they okay. should give that attorney herpes. They should. Honestly, to be like, it's not that bad. It's like, number one, it's... Suck all- my dick. Yeah, it's <laughs> all about bodily autonomy. If you have an STI, which... Listen, not uncommon. Lots of people have STIs. You yeah. still are obligated to inform your partner of the possibility of transmission of said STI. Yeah. Um, so they can engage in what is known as informed consent. Um, okay. So, uh, Talia now brings this action to seek some measure of justice, not simply for herself, but for the many other women who have been similarly abused by LaBeouf. Talia intends to donate a significant portion of monies received in this action to charities dedicated to assisting victims of domestic violence. Never again will another woman... It's interesting that it's a significant portion of the monies, but not all of them. I don't know if she's keeping some for herself or she's like, at least I'm going to pay my legal fees and mm-hmm. anything else will. Cause I'm sh- this, I'm sure this is costing a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Uh, never again will another woman be forced to undergo the brutal treatment and degradation that Talia and others experienced at his hand. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So facts common to all causes of action. Here is the list of abuse. All right, Talia met LaBeouf while filming Honey Boy, yada, yada, yada. Um, When the shooting on the picture wrapped later that year, the two began a romantic relationship. Talia was in a vulnerable and sensitive state at that time as she had recently ended a four-year engagement and was recovering from having painful fibroid tumors removed from her uterus. That is when they sweep in. Um, Okay. Uh, Because that's this. So this was right after she broke up with Robert Pattinson. So yeah, she's alone for the first time in a long time. She's recovering from surgery. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, I'm an artist. Let me comfort you. Um, Within a week or two of dating, LaBeouf dramatically professed his love for Talia. During the first few months of their relationship, LaBeouf restrained himself to over-the-top displays of affection, eventually winning Talia's trust. Once LaBeouf had gained Talia's confidence, her living nightmare began. Beginning in and around October 2018, LaBeouf convinced Talia to go live with him at his Los Angeles home. Once Talia had moved in, LaBeouf began regularly exhibiting frequent rage and bouts of jealousy towards Talia, which other girlfriends have agreed with. Like, they weren't allowed to look at male waiters. They had to look down and let him talk to them, which is some R. Kelly shit. You know what I mean? Um, On a continual basis, he aggressively accused her of dwelling on her former fiancé, well-known actor Robert Pattinson, and also, why wouldn't you dwell on that? 
Um, also accused Talia of rushing, quote unquote, rushing him into a relationship. So he's like, hey, I love you, blah, 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 move in with me. And then he's like, oh, my God, why did you pressure me into this? Yeah. LaBeouf would inexplicably, inexplicably ex- oh, my God. <laughs> Take a breath. Take a breath. No, because I'm trying to fit it all in an hour, and I'm not yeah, going to yeah, be yeah, able yeah. to, no matter how fast I speak. LaBeouf would inexplicably escalate the most inconsequential inconsequ- disagreements, for example, over matters of taste and art, uh, to apocalyptic levels, often forcing Talia to stay up all night while he verbally berated her for hours on end about her supposed lack of taste. So here she is, but she's like internationally famous and successful as a musical artist and a dancer and a visual performance yeah, artist. Yeah, I actually like her music. Yeah. yeah, she's like legitimately revered for an artist, like as an artist, and he's like, let me keep you up all night explaining to you why your tastes are wrong. We're watching holes again. Again. This time you're going to get it. (laughs) And I could understand how him, he clearly has a fragile ego, and he should because he wants to be this great, important artist, and Mm -hmm. he's fucking not. He's the dude from Transformers. And so I can – Sorry. Oh, I can understand how he would be intimidated by her. He shouldn't have been in a relationship with someone who is that talented and successful because his little fucking ego can't handle it. He should be happy for all of the accolades and bullshit that he has already that he doesn't deserve. Exactly. People are, have, some people think he's a great actor and this and that. And I, I, yeah, I disagree. And every I good disagree. review is a fucking gift. But he's not satisfied to be the dude from Transformers. He wants to be the dude from Nymphomaniac, and he wants to steal your hat. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. Ugh. LaBeouf would take something as innocent as Talia kissing another man on the cheek in a music video or being polite to a waiter as nothing less than a betrayal, an assault on his manhood, and an existential threat to their relationship. LaBeouf would literally count the kisses Talia would give him in a given day and berate her if she fell short of a target number. He would verbally assault Talia if he placed his hand in her lap and she failed to immediately reciprocate and place her hand on top of his. He would, quote, quote unquote, end their relationship on the slightest imagined grievance and then almost immediately resurface, desperate to resume it. Um, LaBeouf suffered reoccurrent Uh, Recurring periods of delusions wherein he armed himself with firearms on the belief that gang members were going to break down his door at any moment, going so far as to sleep with these guns. Talia would be trapped in their shared bed for hours at a time without the ability to even get up and go to the bathroom for fear she would be shot by LaBeouf should he wake up suddenly upon her return to bed. Um, And apparently he would insist on leaving that they couldn't lock the door to the house. So they had to leave the house unlocked and then he would sleep with guns for fear of break-ins. Yeah. Um, LaBeouf's relentless mental and verbal harassment and mistreatment of Talia eventually turned into physical violence. LaBeouf committed physical attacks against Talia on multiple occasions, each resulting in personal injuries to Talia, not the least of which was LaBeouf's knowing transmission of a serious disease, which has forever altered the course of her life. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, this, okay, this is about sleeping with the door unlocked and a loaded rifle at their bedside. 
Um, LaBeouf demanded that Talia join him while he watched documentaries about murdered women before bed and refused to allow Talia to sleep with any clothing on. He's like, the door's unlocked, the firearms are loaded, get butt naked. (laughs) We're going to watch Evil Genius. Yeah. (laughs) In these moments, Talia would often text friends in the middle of the night to devise a plan to escape LaBeouf's home. Similarly, when LaBeouf was filming the movie The Tax Collector, in which he played a gangster, he took on the role in real life. During one incident, while Talia was driving with him, LaBeouf pulled a pistol from a compartment in his car, which he boasted to Talia was illegal to possess in California. On another occasion, LaBeouf attempted to scare Talia by warning her that he... um, pulled out one of his firearms on set and threatened others with it, bragging to Talia that he enjoyed getting their attention. So people who've worked with him on set know he's a piece of shit. Why hasn't that come out? And then Christian Bale's getting shit for yelling at a dude for stepping in his light and fucking up a shot. like 20 years ago. Yeah. 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 Christian Bale's like, hey, can you not fuck up the shot? And people are like, what a monster. And Shia LaBeouf is like waving around unregistered firearms and no one's calling him out. Yeah. Um, LaBeouf made the horrific boast to Talia that in order to get into character for his role in the tax collector, he would drive around neighborhoods in Los Angeles and shoot stray dogs. LaBeouf claimed he killed these dogs because he wanted to know what it felt like to take a life so he could get into the mindset of a killer. Dude, this is getting crazier. and I didn't know half of this shit. Yeah, I read so many articles about it and not none of them touched on like half of what's in this court filing. Um, But this is just what um, Twig said about him. Yeah. I mean, I believe it. I'm just saying. Yeah, LaBeouf, um, let's see, LaBeouf's admission to such a wanton, such wanton animal cruelty profoundly disturbed and terrified Talia. To celebrate Valentine's Day in February 2019, LaBeouf drove Talia to a hotel spa for a romantic evening. However, instead of a night of romance, Talia was subjected to a torrent of physical abuse from LaBeouf. After she had gone to bed, Talia awoke to LaBeouf towering over her and violently squeezing her body and arms against her will. LaBeouf then grasped his hands around Talia's neck and began strangling her while whispering, If you don't stop, you are going to lose me. Talia was so terrified she could not move and lay there frozen while LaBeouf continued to harm her. The following morning, outside of their hotel, LaBeouf threw Talia to the ground, and as they drove back to LaBeouf's house... LaBeouf drove uh, maniacally, removing his seatbelt and threatening to crash the car unless Talia professed her eternal love for him. Talia was horrified by LaBeouf's actions and feared for her life. LaBeouf eventually stopped at a gas station and Talia desperately attempted to escape from him. However, after Talia tried to remove herself and her belongings from the car, LaBeouf violently attacked Talia. While in the gas station parking lot, he threw Talia against the car and attempted to strangle her violently while screaming in her face. LaBeouf then forced Talia back into his car. Later, when confronted about this incident by a female friend in September, LaBeouf did not deny that he had used violence. Um, Let's see. Let's see. Shortly after the Valentine's Day incident, Talia reached out for help, texting a close friend and writing, this is difficult to say, but I'm sure you know I have been in an abusive relationship that has isolated me. It's worse than you can imagine. She sought the help of a professional therapist, writing to him on February 24th. 
I have just left an emotionally, physically, and sexually abusive relationship. I have one day out, and I'm very confused and overwhelmed. I'm writing this email because I'm hoping that by seeking professional help, I can help, I can stay out of it and carry on with my life. Talia has continued to seek counseling and psychotherapy from this therapist. Um, let's see. Uh, she began to slowly distance herself from LaBeouf and his violence. She began this process by planning to escape from LaBeouf when the opportunity arose. However, LaBeouf's fixation on controlling and surveilling Talia made the prospect of escape both difficult and dangerous. In and around March 2019, Talia attempted to escape from LaBeouf's abuse. One day, she began packing her bags and belongings, intending to leave Los Angeles and LaBeouf. However, while she was doing so, LaBeouf showed up unannounced at the rented home where she was staying. The entire incident was witnessed by Talia's housekeeper, who was helping her pack. In her own words, the housekeeper had provided sworn testimony that LaBeouf yelled at Talia that she had to come with him. Talia hesitated and remained where she was in the room. When Talia refused to go with LaBeouf, LaBeouf appeared to grow angrier and moved towards Talia. LaBeouf then violently grabbed Talia and lifted her off the ground. The housekeeper further relates that after LaBeouf had lifted Talia into the air, he forcibly carried her into a separate room. Then I heard the door to this room lock from the inside. I tried the door and confirmed it was locked. Talia continued to, or LaBeouf continued to scream at Talia. He yelled so loudly I could hear him outside the room. I waited outside the room while this occurred. LaBeouf kept yelling for a considerable amount of time. Eventually, I observed LaBeouf open the door and exit the room where he had been keeping her. As he left the room, uh, LaBeouf first appeared to notice me watching him, but he stared at me and didn't say anything. The housekeeper testified that she went to Talia's side and Talia had been crying and was weak, and I asked her if she was taken in that room and kept there against her will and she said yes of course duh um beginning in and around march 2019 talia began to experience unusual and painful symptoms shortly thereafter she confronted LaBeouf about her symptoms and he admitted that he suffered from a sexually transmitted disease which had been diagnosed years earlier LaBeouf admitted that he had never told talia about this condition even though they had been sexually intimate for many months Further, LaBeouf admitted that he experienced a flare-up of his disease's symptoms in December 2019, uh, but had worked hard to, or had worked to March, March, April. I think this doesn't make sense because it says she got these symptoms in March 2019 and confronted him about it. And he's like, oh yeah, I had experience in December 2019. They must have meant December 2018. Right. Okay. I don't know. That makes more sense if the flare up was before anyways, but he worked hard to hide his outward symptoms from Talia by applying makeup. Despite experiencing a flare up of his symptoms, LaBeouf continued to engage in sexual relationships with Talia, further exposing her to his disease. Um, let's see. So she saw her physician. They confirmed she got this disease, which we're assuming is herpes. Mm -hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, LaBeouf's domineering and manipulative behavior. Uh, he convinced Talia that he was the victim and he genuinely loved her and that he wanted to repair their relationship. And for the next few months, Talia engaged in multiple therapy sessions with LaBeouf in an attempt to salvage their relationship. However, his unpredictable and violent behavior did not change. And eventually, she refused his endless stream of calls and text messages. And he then unceremoniously ended his relationship with her via text message. 
Um, and later she learned that LaBeouf had been cheating with another woman during this time. Um, let's see. So then it talks about Carolyn Foe, who dated him in 2010 to 2011, because she's like basically the corroborator in the filing. And um, Carolyn talks about how... Uh, she couldn't look at waitstaff at a restaurant. There were arguments. Um, apparently, during a flight from Los Angeles to New York, the entire flight, he berated Carolyn for wearing expensive sunglasses um, and repeatedly humiliated her, causing her to burst into tears in front of other passengers on the plane. Which we sh I should say, Carolyn Foe is a fashion stylist, so of course she's going to be wearing expensive sunglasses. What the yeah. fuck? Let people have their shit. Um, let's see. So they flew to New York. He berated her on the plane, whatever. They um, He disappeared when they disembarked the plane. So she went to their hotel room alone um, and she went to bed. And LaBeouf eventually showed up at the hotel room extremely drunk, uh, banging on the door. She let him into the room and he was like babbling incoherently and passed out. Oh, sorry, guys. That was our dog who I pet apparently wrong. Um, he passed out face up on the couch, and she was like, I think he might choke on his vomit. So she carried him into the shower and sat him upright and turned on the water to help, you know, like wake him up. And he just sat in that position mumbling to himself. Um, and believing he was no longer in danger, Carolyn returned to bed. Later that night, she awoke to LaBeouf on top of her, drunk, naked, wet, and screaming. He held her down by her arms, causing intense pain, leaving multiple bruises, and he headbutted her violently, causing her to bleed. Um, let's see. Uh, in 2011... Carolyn kept LaBeouf from driving drunk home from a party. They held a taxi on the ride home. He repeatedly berated and verbally assaulted her in front of the driver and repeatedly whispered to her, you know I'm going to kill you. Once home, he vomited in the hallway. The next morning, LaBeouf asked Carolyn about the vomit in the hallway, claiming he had blacked out and did not remember anything. Um, let's see. Uh, then they list in this, this is shady. They have like, you know, a, a list in the court filing of all his previous things about the, um, the altercation with the neighbor, the drunk driving, the cabaret stuff, whatever. The incident with Mia Goth. Um, let's see. <laughs> his attempts to steal a man's hat. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and then they talk about hits. his attempt to use her like former assistant to like uh, FKA Twigs's former assistant to um, co like defend him. And it goes into how her former assistant basically stole hundreds of items of designer clothing from her to sell online and how this assistant wanted like a special membership at like a cool kids club, like a high end, like, I don't know, pool club. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so uh, the assistant, uh, like, stole FKA Twigs, like, information. Uh, it's the Soho House, which I think was, like, a on Sex in the City. It was, like, a pool. And then um, Samantha wanted a membership so they could sit by the pool, whatever. So, anyways, this stupid assistant stole FKA Twigs' shit to get a membership at the Soho Club. And then stole all her clothes. And then... Um, I don't know. It kind of sounds like maybe she hooked up, was, like, fucking 
Shia LaBeouf too, right. and now trying to like, I don't know, discredit FKA Twigs because she's a piece of shit. And apparently this this lady whose name is um, let me call her out on her shit, Noelle O'Reilly. Apparently, Noelle O'Reilly was a personal assistant to a different like hip hop artist before. Um, she worked for Twigs, and she stole from that guy, too. So she's a piece of shit. Um, and uh, Shia LaBeouf is a piece of shit. And that's pretty much it. Uh, uh, Sia stuff, too, right? Oh, fuck, yeah. Okay, hold on. Let me go back to my outline. So after all this came out, um, LaBeouf said... Uh, let me, hold on. The Buff said uh, after the charges came out, he he released a statement saying, "I am not in any position to tell anyone how my behavior made them feel. I have a history of hurting people closest to me. I'm ashamed of that history, and I'm sorry to those I hurt. There is nothing else I can really say, which is such a non-apology." Um, and then Sia came forward. And said, I, too, have been hurt emotionally by Shia, a pathological liar, who conned me into an adulterous relationship claiming to be single. I believe he is very sick, and I have compassion for him and his victims. Just know, if you love yourself, stay safe and stay away. If it was anybody anybody else... They'd be in jail for all this shit that he's doing, yeah. right? It's just because shooting he's... dogs, strangling women, um, unregistered guns. I mean, the list goes on. Yeah, he's such a piece of shit. Um, it's interesting that Sia says she has compassion for him and his victims, because this is the thing about abusers is the way they get. Because w- I think especially because women are very empathetic, so mm-hmm. they see Shia as, oh, he had this abusive father, he has a bad upbringing. So when someone is being abusive to them, they don't immediately see it as abuse. They see it as a wounded person lashing out. Right. And then that's how they get away with it. It's the same thing with R. Kelly being like, I'm a good person. It's just, you know, I can't read. (laughs) And then all these women like end up being duped into tolerating his abuse. And um, because people who a lot of times people who are abusive, they are lashing out out of pain or, you know, Mm -hmm. they've been trained like their idea of how to behave and like they're not well. Right. And so people are like they don't go like fuck this guy he's an abuser they go well i don't want to call the cops it'll ruin his life and he's already suffered so much and like it's important for these stories to come out because it helps shape a fuller picture of how abusive relationships happen because everyone will sit back and be like oh that would never be me i'd never let a guy treat me like that and it's like well but you don't know what it's like when you're in it and you've been you're fully codependent on this person you fully sympathize for everything they've been through and now you've somehow ended up isolated from your friends and family and you don't see you don't see this person choking you as like oh my god what a fucking asshole he's choking me you're like oh he's upset he's having a flashback mm-hmm. um so uh let's see Since all this came out, Shia stepped out to grab some grub at L.A.'s Kava on Sunday wearing a mask that says, love me like you hate me. Um, 
the mask is a piece of merchandise from the not safe for work short film music video LaBeouf and Margaret Qualley shot for Mar- Margaret Qualley's sister Rainy. Her music project called Rainsford. Okay. I don't know who the fuck those people are sure. or what Rainsford is, but apparently. The saying, love me like you hate me, has something to do with that. But now he's just out in public wearing this mask, being like, love me like you hate me. And it's like, no, we all fucking hate you. And we don't. We don't love you. You're a garbage person. You run around in ripped T-shirts trying to steal McDonald's bags from dudes. Your fingernails are fucking filthy. (laughs) You really hate his dirty fingernails. Well, I'm just saying, listen. Like, I know mechanics who, even when they get cleaned up, their hands are dirty. That's just the life, right? But he's not doing manual nope, labor. No excuse. He can afford a pedicure or, or a manicure. Just to clip them. Yeah, anything. Yeah. Soap. Get one of them fingernail bristle brushes. <laughs> I just feel like it's it's um it's represent it's representative of a man who's a fucking mess. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, you're all you live in a mansion. You got millions of dollars, and you're just greasy and dirty in a ripped t-shirt, like. Get it together. Yeah. I worked with a guy who was sober, but he had a previous life as an addict. And he would always say, I don't understand these, like, dirty punks. Like, you just walk past the shower and say, not for me. (laughs) And he was like, honestly, like, since I quit heroin, I don't understand it anymore. Like, yeah, when I was on heroin, I didn't see the shower. But I'm sober now. It's there. So what are you doing? You're sober. You're walking past the shower saying, not today. Yeah. When I, that's kind of how I think about uh, when I hear these stories with uh, LaBeouf is I'm going, dude, this is the guy who has all the energy. Meanwhile, I'm just like two cups of coffee, just like, yeah, I could go right back. <laughs> you know, yeah. and he's got all this energy. But then it makes me think back on when I was drunk and out of control and I was, wasn't doing anything like this, but I was full of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? I was like, all right, what what now? You know, yeah, fucking up till three in the morning. All right, I'm going to show you how great Holes is. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sort of intense passion. Yeah. It's like, it, I don't, ugh, I don't feel the need now as a sober person. I'm right in the middle. I never feel too good, but guess what? I don't feel too bad either. There you go. And, uh, yeah, when you're, when you're having these intense highs, the, you're going to get the lows. Yeah, there was a lot of that, though, where I would be drunk late at night, and I would be like, Oh, you've never seen yeah. The Crow? <laughs> We're watching it now. <laughs> Don't fall asleep. Zach, it's four in the morning. <laughs> but baby, it's The Crow. Sometimes it's a dude, you yeah. know, just like my buddy, you know, like. Oh, yeah, that's all we would do. Like, I had friends, we just drink and listen to music, and we'd, like, have our CDs or our cassettes and be right. like, you got to hear, you heard this one? Uh, it's so intense about it. I've never felt that intense about anything since I quit drinking. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but LaBeouf claims to be sober now, which I can't imagine. I cannot fucking imagine. He does not seem sober in any way, shape or form. So, um, Twigs is trying to sue him for like, what does she want him to go to jail or she just wants she, I think she wants or? him – well, these are criminal charges. So oh, now okay. he's facing – because this isn't um, civil court. Okay. So this is like actual court that she's pressing criminal charges against Good. him. Because her initially she was like, listen, I won't press criminal charges if you get help. And then he's like, nope. 
And his attorney's like, herpes isn't that big of a deal. And so she's like, oh, okay, well, I'll show you. you. Yeah, I'll yeah. show you a big deal. Because, yeah, the char- he has five charges. Sexual battery, battery, assault, intentional infliction of emotional distress, and gross negligence. So, yeah, he's. I think he's going to criminal court is what That's it seems like. That's animal cruelty. Well, yeah, I don't know if they can prove that. Because he yeah. just said hearsay. They don't have the yeah, corpses. Yeah, yeah. But I would love to see a raid done on his house. And they just are like, guns, drugs, you're going to jail. Later, loser. He's got a pet cemetery out there. Yeah, and what I don't understand is, like, why Hollywood... Because, okay, we have... Right here, we went through 15 years of troubling accounts. Why is he still getting work? Because yeah. for the most part, like, and people in Hollywood and, and comics always say, like... I don't ha- I don't choose my opening act based on who's the funniest. It's who can I be on the road right, with. Right, right. And I've heard people say that in terms of like TV and movie production is like you'll get work if you're easy to work with. You don't mm-hmm. have to be the best, you know, X, Y, or Z, but do you show up on time? You finish your job. You work well with others. You're going to keep getting work. So yeah. like why the fuck is he getting work other than – box does he bring box office money no i can't imagine no nobody gives a shit apparently people do because up until recently like a friend of mine sent me a video like two weeks ago about shia labeouf being like he's hot i want to call him daddy or whatever i'm like he ain't a daddy he's a little boy he's a fucked up little boy he's a feral dog he's like one of those dogs that they just got to put down because it won't stop biting people in the face (laughs) and they're like it's not the animal's fault and it's like maybe not maybe the animal was abused and that's what made it this way but it's still a danger yeah it's a danger to the community harm everyone else that it comes into contact yeah no you put it in a cage call joe exotic till cage its ass up I would love it if, like... They swapped him out for Joe Exotic. No, No, if Joe Exotic got out of jail and he was able to run, like, the same operation, but it was just, like, famous abusers. Yeah. And he's like, all right, over here we got Shia LaBeouf. He abused women for 15 years. Hey, everyone, throw some dirty dumpster Walmart meat at Shia. (laughs) And then they're like, that'd be amazing. They, They got Chris Brown up in there, R. Kelly, um... I don't know who else is a famous Hollywood abuser. There's so many. Uh, There's so Weinstein. Weinstein, Mel Gibson, um, Peter Nygar, the fashion dude who I'm probably going to do a show next week about. Just fucking cage him up and let Joe Exotic lead tours. I would love it. What's her name? The Epstein's. Uh... Oh, Ghislaine. There you go. Yeah, he's Ghislaine Maxwell. Um, yeah, it's a special place in hell for the women who assist these guys. Yeah. Which, spoiler alert, this fucking peter nygar guy who i knew was a sex trafficker going back a long time because i read like um i fell deep down a rabbit hole about traffic sex trafficking in fashion but anyways his fucking quote-unquote girlfriend assistant who helped procure women for him on his island for people to fuck one of the gifts he gave her in exchange for procuring like you know girls to traffic was Uh he gave her a delorean and I was like, this fucking bitch, I admire her taste. Yeah, you know right, what I mean? Right. Not going for a Maserati or being like, I want a DeLorean, yeah. baby, and I'll get you girls. <laughs> yeah. But also, if you want a DeLorean, just, like, get a job and fucking pay for it. Um, yeah. So, anyways, um, fuck Shia LaBeouf. We hate him. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know a good movie that he was in. There was the one war one, but that was Brad Pitt. Yeah, you know, like that was all pit, and then 
But yeah, dude, I hate him. Um, uh, and, and in my research, because he got a start on Even Stevens, and so I looked up what Christy Carlson Romano was up to, and mm-hmm. she's doing a lot of great things. Um, she seems like a good person. And uh, on the What a Creep podcast, whenever they like do a creep, I forgot about that one. Yeah, they yeah. end with um, someone who's not a creep. So it'll be like, okay, here's a music creep, and then they'll end with someone in the music industry who's really good. Mm-hmm. So we'll say that Shia LaBeouf is a fucking creep. But um, our not a creep is Christy Carlson Romano, who also was on Even Stevens and managed to grow up to be a really good person. Was she? Um, who was she on that? She was his sister. Okay. Even Stevens was about a brother's sister, and he was the little pest. And then she voiced Kim Possible cartoon, and then she like did a bunch of Broadway shit, and then she was in two cutting edge sequel movies. It's funny because I keep thinking I was like, what was he on? And I'm like. Fucking Boy Meets World. And then when you're talking about this girl, I'm like, oh, Tep- you mean Topanga? Oh, my God. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, I know. That no. was uh, Fred Savage's brother, right? Ben Savage. Yeah. Um, and Daniel Fischel. Well, uh, why don't we say, yes, there, that was her name. Yeah. Uh, also not a creep. Maybe Ben Savage. May, well, we I don't, don't know. know. We don't know. But anyways. <laughs> Give him all of Shia LaBeouf's roles that he's getting. Dude, I support that for real. In it. All Watch, right. he's like a fucking serial rapist. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. We'll report back. Next time on Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality and Shia LaBeouf. All right. Bye, guys. Happy hump day. Bye.